What's up, guys? Here we are into the real episode 20 of the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Radio podcast. The second episode 20 in two weeks, apparently. I'm recording live from Railroad Street Bar and Grill this week. Um, there's some dudes here. They are cleaning the hoods, doing some cleaning back there. But uh, I've survived the Eagles Super Bowl win. Uh, the smoke is still rising from Philadelphia. It was kind of a crazy night. Good win for the birds. But let's let's get into some hockey. Uh, we're getting into a very busy week in the NHL this week. And really, the rest of the season is pretty jam-packed. It's time to start thinking about the playoffs and the future. So the trade deadlines are quickly approaching for you. And there's certain teams out there who could really help you down the stretch, help you win your league. So today we want to talk about injuries, who's coming back, talk a little line changes that are notable, go into the weekly schedules, who's are tough, who's are easy, then we're going to get into the meat of it all. The weekly streamers, day by day, who will help you get points, hits, pims, blocks, and really boost all your numbers for the week. We're going to talk some goalies and the back-to-backs there if you need goalie starts this week, um, who would be good to target. So let's take a look at um, all those things. I'm going to break it down, make a chart for the playoff schedule because I know there's different people that some people run into like the last four weeks of the schedule with the last week of regulation hockey there. And then there's other people that skip that last week altogether just because, you know, the Sidney Crosby's of Genny Malkin, they might not be playing that last week. So it's a different playoff format. Let's dive right into the injuries. The biggest one here this week is Nathan McKinnon. He's out two to four weeks with an upper body injury after colliding with Alex Edler. Um, Five-hole favorite Alexander Kerfoot has been playing the top line since McKinnon's injury. He's got no points and one shot in two games since his promotion, but it's always good to see a guy with more minutes and stuff like that. So keep an eye on Kerfoot. He's got that top line, top power play, definitely worth a stream. So Mark Stone and Bobby Ryan are out for the Sens. There's no update on Bobby Ryan. He's missed the last two games, and Stone is uncertain for tomorrow's game, Tuesday. He's missed seven games now. This is Mark Stone, and he's already running late on his timetable. He was supposed to return last weekend. In the meantime, Colin White has been skating on the top line with Mike Hoffman and Matt Duchesne. Chris DiDomenico has been seeing line two time with Broussard and Zingle. He recorded an assist in Saturday's matinee against Philly. Meanwhile, um, DiDomenico recorded a goal in the same game. So they're, they're, doing, they're doing okay with, um, with their positions right now. Philip Forsberg is going to miss three games for his hit on Jimmy VC. Uh, this one's not so much an injury as it is, obviously, a suspension. Um, it was a rock-solid hit. You know, I'm not getting into whether it was dirty or not. It looked looked like a hit. But our thoughts go out to Jimmy VC. He sustained a concussion because of the hit and doesn't look to be playing tonight. Colton Sissons has been skating on the top line for Philip Forsberg in his absence. But those lines, they, they fluctuate so much as um, Laviolette likes to try everybody in a certain position until something really clicks. So for right now, it's Colton Sissons, but keep an eye on that. Uh, Marcus Johansson is still not skating, still dealing with the elbow to the head uh, from Marshand, who has one game left to serve on his suspension. Corey Crawford has returned to the ice and participated in on-ice workouts, so that's just an update there. It will be a while before he can get back, but he could return this year, which is Really, really nice um, to those of us have, who've been streaming Forsberg and Jeff Glass and stuff like that. Uh, Connor Sheary was placed on IR and is listed as week-to-week. Week. He hasn't really been having the best year, especially where you drafted him. He's a wild disappointment this year. Uh, only 19 points in 52 games, and he's likely out for all of February. I'm thinking it's safe to drop Connor Sheary by now. Keep an eye on him when he comes back. Don't go rushing to add him or, you know, keeping tabs on him too much like I said 19 points in 52 games this is not a guy who is 
holding your fantasy hockey team up by any means. Mark Scheifele, he could return next week. He hasn't been ruled out for the game on February 9th. He was on the ice for practice today, Monday. So everything here is pointing for a really promising return pretty soon. He is, um, like, February 9th will be six weeks exactly in his six- to eight-week timetable. So we're hoping it's on the early side. Um, John Gibson remains out. Ryan Miller is confirmed to uh, be in goal tonight. So he's dealing with a lower body injury. There's no real timetable or it's it's a really vague injury there an update on Shea Weber he uh he's out of the walking boot and depending on Montreal status or hopes for the playoffs it wouldn't be unlikely that they just shut him down for the year uh if they are so far out of the playoff race he he could he could just not play at all so that's something to keep an eye on I know in a couple leagues I have Shea Weber just sitting in my IR spot with my fingers crossed as tight as possible that he does come back uh he's always a good goal scorer and Good for a lot of peripherals there. Brian Elliott was activated off IR today, so so he hopes to return tomorrow against Carolina. Chances are now likely that he will be the starter there. So these are your injuries. Now there's a short list of returns. Mark Mathot is practicing fully. He's only played in 16 games this year, so with the remaining 30, 35 games left in the season, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in a long stretch of games. Uh, Philip Forsberg on the injuries and on the returns list. He he returned and then promptly got suspended. So Semyon Varlamov is back, and after three straight Bernier bad starts, Varlamov took the starter spot. He gave up two goals on 31 shots against Winnipeg. He got the loss, but he still posted a 935 save percentage in the outing, but he couldn't pull out the win. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Colorado does offensively without McKinnon, so whether or not their goalies are worth starting anymore, Bernier was super hot, and Vrlamov was reliable for the most part. But um, without the offense that is Nathan McKinnon, it's going to be a little bit risky in the in the weeks to come uh, as far as their goalies go. Uh, really, really far out one, man. Chris Versteeg has started skating. It's kind of just a small side note. So uh, the lines might change there when Chris Versteeg comes back. He'll likely move into a bottom six role. So that's it for the injury report. It is over. Let's get into some interesting line changes that have transpired in the last week and could have some serious impact on your roster. Kyle Connor, one of our favorites here. I, I'm not sure if we talked about this one last week, but uh, he's he's been doing really well. He's been playing on the fourth line, got demoted from the first line. I, I think we did talk about this last week. Um, Jack Roslavich is now up on the top line there. But Kyle Connor posted two goals and one assist and 11 shots since his demotion there. He's been on the fourth line for about five games now, uh, just logging like 14 minutes of ice every once in a while, 13 or 12. But he's still seeing top power play time, as is Jack Roslavich, who he has two goals in the last four games, which account for all of his points in 11 games played this year. So yeah, Brandon Saad has been moved down to the fourth line here, and it really seems like he is dormant. Take him out back, you know, old yeller style, shed a single tear, and then just slam down on the hammer. Hit that drop button as quick as you can. It's over for Brandon Saad, I think, as far as fantasy ownership goes. Um, Hasn't been too impressive lately. But if he does, you know, get back up on that top line, or the second line even. So I think the first line has been Duclair, Taze, and Debrinkit, and we like what they've been doing. And then the second line also kind of got a shake-up. It's uh, Nick Schmaltz, Artem Anisimov is getting a look on the second line now with Patrick Kane. So those are your top six in Chicago. Definitely worth noting, now that Brandon Saad is on the fourth line, he is pretty much irrelevant for fantasy aspects. In Columbus, Cam Atkinson is seeing top-line time with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Artemi Panarin. 
So Josh Anderson, that was his spot. He's been relegated down to the third line with Boone Jenner and Brandon Dubinsky. So Cam Atkinson's stock goes up. Josh Anderson's stock goes down. Now this one, this one's kind of interesting and something I'm going to be streaming for the next day, tonight especially. Michael Camilleri is seeing top line minutes with McDavid and Drysaddle based on the practice lines today. He's worth a stream for the upcoming playoff push if, you know, everybody knows Cam Talbot was saying, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. I don't buy it, but uh, if if they do want to do it, they're going to have to play really, really hard for the next the rest of their season. So they actually play a really compact schedule coming up. They're going to play 13 games in the next 23 days. And then the Edmonton Sun, a newspaper up in Edmonton, says that in the next 54 days, they're playing 29 games. So take a look at some Oilers, Camilleri especially right now as he's getting that top-line treatment. And he's also on the top power play. So good option for points. I like that spot for him. JT Miller, after um, after Jimmy VC got put down, JT Miller started seeing some top-line time with Sabinajad and Rick Nash. He recorded a goal and an assist in that game, both on the power play. So JT Miller is going to be getting more minutes, and that's always a good spot to be. That's something you want to look for in your streamers. Anthony Beauvillier in, in New York has traded places with Anders Lee, so Beauvillier gets swapped up to the top line with Tavares and Bailey, and then Anders Lee moves down with Barzil and Everly. Both lines can score at like a torrid clip, so it's a small boost for Anthony Beauvillier. Obviously, he's going to be getting, you know, maybe one or two more minutes a game in the exposure and playing with Tavares and everything. And then Lee, he moves down to Barzil and Everly, and that's that's not really that bad of a spot. Those two guys are still extremely productive. It's just a small drop in stock. Uh, Nolan Patrick, my Flyers. He has been a stud in his second center role for Philly. He recorded a goal on five shots Saturday. Two-point game against Washington the week before. Uh, Brennan Rust is the new Penguin to be skating alongside Crosby. So that rotating door, it's Brennan Rust's turn. So the same deal as McDavid and Camilleri. You can stream them while they're playing side-by-side with a superstar. Play them in DFS. I'm sure Brennan Rust is going to be pretty cheap tonight or this week. And then moving out into San Jose. It's not so much a single person that got moved, but it was the whole line. So the Pavelski line is now the de facto number two line. And then Tomas Hurdle with Couture and LeBanc, they have been logging heavier minutes, so they are the number one line. So those guys can get a little bump in fantasy value. Tomas Hurdle is like right under 50%, I think. He saw like a 10% increase this past week in ownership. So that's a guy to definitely keep your eye on. If he is available, you know, in one half of leagues, um, worth a stream. Chris Kunitz, same deal as uh, Brandon Rust. He's seeing top-line time in Tampa again, but instead of uh, pushing Kucherov down this time, he's pushing Nemesnikov off uh, onto line two. So Kunitz is always a good play in DFS, uh, same as Brandon Rust. Like they're, they're cheap guys. They're playing with spectacular players. I would suggest riding him and streaming him while he is in this position. It looks as if Mitch Marner has finally cemented his place into the second line. Mike Babcock said that, you know, when they came back home that he was going to push Marner back down to the fourth line and Komarov was going to come back up. But things have just been clicking so well for Mitch Marner, Kadri, and Marlowe that it's he's unlikely to break it up. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So having Mitch Marner on that second line has been working, and I think they're going to stay that way for a little bit. Actually, I just found out today that Thomas Vanek got pushed to the third line, and Sven Berchi is getting a look in the top six. So that is going to be um, Besser, Horvat, and Berchi. Um, so that's all we have on the line changes this week. So I really like that Camilleri spot. I already added him in two leagues. 
So I'm recording on a Monday, hoping to get this episode live and up on iTunes for before tonight's puck drop. So without any hesitation, let's get right into the week ahead. Who's playing the most? Um, there are, I think it's like 14 or 15, 15 teams that play four games this week. What are the like really sweet matchups for you to target when we're talking about streamers? Um, as always, we're going to break it down for the teams with easy weeks and the teams with tougher schedules. So into the weekly schedule, 15 teams, like I said, are playing four games this week. It's going to be a busy one, real busy week this week, uh, with a lot of games going on on the off days. Not really a ton, but you know Wednesdays are usually pretty slow because they have the um, there's the rivalry night that is just like the the blockbuster for that night. Wednesday's still slow. There's three games then, but Sunday and Thursday um, are pretty heavy, you know, relatively um, than they usually are. So. The teams that are playing 14 games, or sorry, the teams that are playing four games are Anaheim, Boston, Buffalo, Calgary, Colorado, Dallas, Edmonton, New Jersey, Nashville, the New York Islanders, and the New York Rangers, Philadelphia, San Jose, and St. Louis. Oh, and uh, and Vancouver as well. So all those teams play four games this week. So if you want to add one player, if you have really limited acquisitions, those are the teams that are going to get you the most man games. The Rangers have a really nice schedule to look at, covering all the off nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Their their matchups are kind of tough, so we're going to get into that in a minute. There are only two teams that play two games, Florida and Montreal, so no teams only play once this week. And then the other 13 teams that are left, they all play three games, Arizona, Carolina, Columbus, Chicago, Detroit, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Toronto, Vegas, and Washington. Arizona, Chicago, and Minnesota, they all play on only the heavy days, so Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Don't really pick up anybody off those teams unless you absolutely need somebody for that day because those days are pretty heavy anyway, so if you're going to pick up somebody for the entire week, those are the teams to avoid. We're going to dive right into the soft schedules, the the tough schedules, the teams that play easy games, um, kind of have an opportunity to light things up this week. Uh, Tampa has a really good-looking schedule this week. They're playing Edmonton tonight. Talbot is confirmed for that one, so they're going to see Cam Talbot. So, yeah, I like Tampa's schedule. And then New York, they have a good-looking schedule. I don't want to say soft schedule by any means, but they see Dallas tonight, a red-hot Boston team on Wednesday, Calgary Friday, Winnipeg on Sunday. So chances are they're not going to come out of this week with, like, a winning team. But the position they're in makes it nice to stream a couple players for all those off nights and keep your acquisitions really low for other spots that you might be weak on. Winnipeg has a pretty soft schedule. Arizona on Tuesday and then St. Louis and New York Rangers this weekend. Those last two games are on off nights, so Friday and Sunday. Philly has a four-game week this week, and it's pretty intriguing. They're playing um, Carolina Tuesday, Montreal Thursday, and then they head into a back-to-back Arizona-Vegas on Saturday-Sunday. So those last two games are away, but... You know, you get those off nights. You want to um, you want to capitalize on that. Nashville has the potential to score a lot of goals this week. Um, they're playing the Isles tonight, who have been giving up like three, four, five goals every night. Um, Toronto and Ottawa back to back Wednesday, Thursday, and then Montreal on Saturday. So get those guys in your lineups. Keep them there. Uh, look for Colton Sissons on your waiver wire too. He's got the top line deployment, top uh, power play time to boot against all those shaky teams. So. The teams that have tough games this week are Edmonton. They got a pretty tough four-game week. Tampa Bay and Vasilevsky tonight. 
LA and arrested Jonathan Quick on Wednesday, and then they go back to back Friday, Saturday against Anaheim and San Jose. So you're obviously going to be playing, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysettle. Those guys are sure locks. The Rangers, who we mentioned before, have a tough go, but they don't have any back to backs. So as far as Henrik Lundqvist goes, he's going to probably see all four games. He's going to have a tough time winning all of them, but he's still going to get you those goalie starts. So there's just kind of like that little disclaimer that I have to put in. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to have a tough week as well. Even though they always seem to find a way to win, they're playing Vegas and Flurry tomorrow night. And then they got a two-day break, and they're back at it against the high-scoring offense in Dallas on Friday. And then they have St. Louis on Sunday. So that's what we got for this week's games. Let's get into everyone's favorite segment, the Daily Streamers. We're going to go through every single day, pick out some real plum matchups, and find places for you to pick out players for points, hits, blocks, pims, everything you might need in category leagues and points-only leagues, etc. So we're going to start, obviously, with tonight, uh, Monday. For points, I'm going to Tampa Bay and Edmonton. I've already talked enough about Michael Camilleri, and at 1.5% owned in ESPN, that's beautiful. He's only got 16 points this year in 43 games played. He he posted an assist in his last game against Colorado. No shots in that game, but I, like I said before, He's got that spot with McDavid. That's a nice place to be. So keep in mind also, if you're in a plus-minus league, if they match up against the Stamkos and Kucherov line, you're not going to have a good time. So I'm also going to take a look at Chris Kunitz here on the you know the same game, just the other side of the ice. He's under 3% owned, and when he has been playing on that top line, he's really made an impact. So you could see a big game out of him. Uh, Colton Sissons again. He's going up against the Leaky Islanders and their goaltending problems, uh, so he could be a good stream tonight, too. For hits, I'm looking at Chris Wagner tonight, or Leo Komarov. Wagner's only 7.2% in ESPN. He's 7% in Yahoo. He's got 177 hits on the year, and in the last five games, he goes two hits. Five hits, six hits, four hits, and two hits again. So he's going to be out there throwing his body around, without a doubt. Um, Komarov who's recently been moved down to the fourth line, which is traditionally a checking line for most clubs. Uh, he's going to be playing the same role tonight. So he had eight hits in his last game and then eight in the four before that. So he could always explode for a big game for hits or, um, you know, just kind of truck along steady with two here, two there. But if you're already thinking about picking up four hits or pims or any of that, it's a good time to start. Just keep your team, like, nice and well-rounded. Um, so penalty minutes. Antoine Roussel and Austin Watson, uh, they're both tied at 89 pims on the year, and I'd be, uh, they're both pretty physical, and they like to fight. Watson is also a good place to go for hits. They're both under 10% owned, and guaranteed they're going to be getting penalty minutes. So those are the two guys you want to look at for tonight. Um, and throughout the week, I know both of these guys are going to come up again, as is Chris Russell, who I like for blocks. He's always my go-to guy for blocks whenever Edmonton plays, and Tampa Bay is good at taking shots, so... Russell's going to be meeting a lot of rubber tonight, and he's just on the bubble of 10% ownership, so in 9 out of 10 leagues, he's available. So into tomorrow, there are 11 games on the slate. For points, I'm looking at the Vancouver and Florida game. It has all the makings of a shit show, you know, two kind of barely passable um, goaltenders. Uh, Bugestad is seeing top-line time. We always bring him up whenever he's playing with Barkov and Huberdo, or right now he's playing with Barkov and Dadnov, so... He's a good way to look. Uh, Dennis Malgin has been seeing um, more and more offense lately. What is that? Boston at Detroit is another good place to look. Marchand still has that one game to sit out, so 
Uh, while Danton Heinen is on that top line, uh, for the last game, he's worth an ad. Even after that, he's been great. So not just for tonight, you could have him rest of the year. Uh, he had two assists in his last game. He's only 35% owned. I know that's a little high for you know putting in as a streamer, but he's available in too many leagues. And for hits tomorrow night, I like my boy Robert Haig. He's still available in 94% of league, and he still leads the NHL in hits. So if that's what you're after, Haig is your dude. For penalty minutes, this one's super easy, man. Michael Haley, he's over 99% available, and he loves to fight. Uh, Florida plays Vancouver on Tuesday. He's logging just around three penalty minutes per game over the course of the entire year. So you can bet Michael Haley will spend some time in the box. For blocks, I like Josh Morrissey. Tuesday night, and not just for blocks, but he's seeing big, big minutes lately, getting over 26 minutes some nights. Um, he can help you out for hits as well. He's logging top pair time while Truba's on the shelf, and he could even chip in some offense. So he's kind of hitting all categories here. Uh, and right now he is at 14% owned in ESPN leagues, that is. So Wednesday night, like we said, three games. Uh, we have a rivalry. Of course we do. It's Wednesday night, right? So Boston at New York. A uh, rivalry like this is worth taking a look at. Both teams have a relationship with each other. That's what rivalry night's all about. So Brad Marchand will be back for this one, uh, you know, barring any trips down the stairs or broken bones, you know, playing golf or whatever the hell he's doing. I think it's going to be potentially high scoring. The usual suspects here out of Boston, Danton Heinen, Jake DeBrusque, Ryan Spooner are all worth a look, worth a stream. Uh, Ryan Spooner has kind of hit the radar lately. He has four points in his last four games. And at 12% owned, he's been one of the best under 20% streamers in the last 30 days. Uh, he logged five goals, five assists, two of which are on the power play, 24 hits and three blocks. So he's even hitting a little bit, and that's kind of cool. Hits. Austin Watson makes the list again. So you can count this one as a hits and pims guy. Uh, Austin Watson is going to meet up with Leo Komarov, who's equally as physical, um, and Toronto on Wednesday. So once again, when two big hitters meet, meet up, there's... There's kind of like a uh, instinctive or primal need to out-hit that other guy and, you know, possibly fight that other guy. So I really like Austin Watson here. He's only got seven points in 48 games, so that really is just his role, just to hit and fight. So outside of Austin Watson, for penalty minutes, I kind of like Zach Cassian. Um, 99% available in both ESPN and Yahoo. He's your guy for hits this tilt against a big and tough L.A. Kings team. So you got Drew Dowdy out there. He's always chirping, and you know he's going to spark the fire. So Edmonton will likely be down like 11 or 12 goals by then, and Zach Cassian, all he's going to do in that role is go out there and fuck people up. Uh, blocks. Chris Russell, again. Um, Chris Russell. The Kings are in the bottom half of the league in shot attempts per game, but Russell is one of the best top blockers out there, so he's definitely going to get in front of a couple pucks. Thursday, we have nine games. The games I'm looking at for points are Arizona at Minnesota and New York Islanders at Buffalo. Um, I'm going to take a big chance here, kind of a risk, um, you know, suggesting this guy. But Jonas Brodeen has picked up four of his 15 points on the year in the last four games. He's seeing number one power play time. He's seeing penalty kill time. And he's on the second pairing with Matt Dumba. Um, under 4% owned. We can only hope that it isn't a flash in the pan here. And then on the other side of the ice, I like Brendan Perlini. He had that four-game goal streak, but then he went pointless in two games. But he had two shots in each game. So that's kind of um, the hit or miss 
suggestion right there. But uh, he's currently playing top line with Stepan and Panic, and he's seeing second unit power play time. So he's got the deployment. He's got a good spot to be in going up against uh, Minnesota. It could be fun to watch. New York Islanders at Buffalo, so Kyle Poso. He is under 40% owned. He's still a little high, but um, he's got four points in his last five games. He's seven shots in goal in that span. He's playing with Ryan O'Reilly and Evander Kane. Uh, it's going to be a good stream that night against the New York Islanders who give up one of the most goals allowed per game. So look for that top line to go, you know, pretty high scoring. Also, there's like Zemgus Gergensen's or some weird combination with Eichel. Uh, but I like Oposo here. Uh, and on the other side of the ice, Anthony Beauvillier. 28% owned in ESPN and 24 in Yahoo. He's got the top line role, top power play time, and could it make him more attractive against an equally leaky Buffalo defense and a streaky Robin Leonard. So all the ingredients are there for Anthony Beauvillier to knock up some points. For hits, Robert Haig. He's a good play here, but if you're tired of hearing me talk about him and just don't want hits, you could go with Zadorov. Um, they both have three hits per game on average. Sidorov goes up against St. Louis, who are no stranger to hitting people. Um, this game could get physical very quickly, and Zadorov's going to be at the forefront of that. Uh, for penalty minutes, Antoine Roussel, again, Dallas is having a divisional matchup against Chicago Thursday night, so Roussel could be a smart ad for both these games that he's been mentioned in this week for penalty minutes. I wouldn't be surprised if you know his blood is boiling and it's such an important game and gets all his juices flowing. And he gets himself into another fight. Um, blocks. I'm going to go back to that Colorado-St. Louis game. Joel Edmondson is our guy for blocks this week for Thursday night. He's hovering just under three a game. And I believe Colorado is just going to be throwing all the pucks. Every time they enter the zone, they're just going to be throwing pucks at the net to try and compensate for McKinnon being out. So they're going to try and muster up that offense. Edmondson is... 19% owned in ESPN and 20% in Yahoo. So if you need blocks, I believe that Edmondson is going to be your guy Thursday night. Friday, we have eight games. Um, we're going to see a heavier Friday than we're used to here. The game that I'm looking at particularly is Vancouver at Carolina. Um, both Thomas Vanek and Justin Williams are available in most leagues, you know, like two-thirds of leagues. Um, Williams is at 28% in ESPN. Vanek is at 33 but what I really want to talk about here is Thomas Vanek. He's quietly put together 37 points in 52 games, which has him on pace for just under 60 points. He's got five points in his last five games, two goals, three assists, and he's going to be playing with either Horvat and Besser, or today they had him on the third line, but usually he's been playing with Horvat and Besser, and I like him there. If they switch him down to the third line with Granlund and Gagne, his value goes down a bit. Um, Vancouver does like to flip him around the lineup, so... Uh, Justin Williams has four points in his last five games. That's one goal, three assists. He's on the second line right now, second unit power play time. He's always one of my favorite streamers whenever the matchup right. I believe this matchup is right uh, for hits. I'm going to try and stay away from the guys I keep talking about. You know, Chris Wagner would be the guy I would go to, but I'm going to try and find a plan B for you guys. Brooks Orpik is another guy I like to go to for hits. Um, he's in a Metro Division matchup against the Blue Jackets. Uh, it's going to be a game for him to showcase how well he can hit. 10% in ESPN, 9% in Yahoo. Uh, nowhere near an offensive guy. He's logging like a half shot per game, and he's got eight, eight assists in 52 games played. So he's a body for hits and nothing else. Um, same team, Tom Wilson is who I'm going to for penalty minutes. Um, you know, I would go Haley from Florida, but... 
you know, plan B. That's what I'm going to try and do. Tom Wilson has slowed down lately, you know, on offense, so he returns to his usual role as a guy that you just pick up for hits and pims. He's still playing top line with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. 34% in Yahoo, 21% in ESPN. So if he's available, give him a stream. So for blocks, again, I, I got to come up with some type of backup plan because Chris Russell and Joel Edmondson both play tonight. Those guys block a shit ton of shots. I guess Jacob Slavin could be good. Um, they're playing Vancouver that night. Carolina is such a good possession team that if Vancouver even does get to touch the puck, I don't know if Slavin can put up any blocks. Um, he's usually good for blocks, but... Again, you gotta you gotta um, understand that Carolina is pretty good at holding on to the puck. Alex Edler is on the other side of the ice. He's still pacing for an all-around good fantasy year. Um, seeing a slow drop in ownership, he hasn't really been laying it on thick like he was in the weeks past. But I consider him a top option. He's on their power play. He's blocking. He's hitting. All-around good guy to own. Uh, Saturday, as far as Saturday goes, um, it's kind of a slow day. There's nine games there. But it's still, you know, just as important as any other day. For points, I am going to my Flyers against the Arizona Coyotes. We will be in the desert. Um, Travis Konechny is still seeing top-line time. Uh, he's got an increase in ownership. He went up 14% from last week. So right now he's sitting at 30% in ESPN, 42% in Yahoo. So the window's closing on picking up Konechny. Uh, Nolan Patrick is another guy to keep an eye on. Uh, he's heated up since moving into line two. He's widely available. Go for it. For hits, Robert Haig. How many times do I need to say it? He's still, you know, 10 minutes later, he's still leading the NHL. For penalty minutes, Austin Watson again, Zach Cassian again. They both play on Saturday. Always good for penalty minutes. You could look at Radko Gudis too. He might see some time in the box. A guy like Miles Wood, he's no stranger to the sin bin. There's four options right there for penalty minutes on Saturday. Blocks. So by the time I get to like Friday or Saturday, I just start getting redundant because all I want to say is Chris Russell, Chris Russell, Chris Russell. Mark Edward Vlasic, you know, could be plan B. Cody Cece could be plan C. Just trying to throw some names out there for you guys. Um, Sunday. We also have nine games. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday are all pretty much even. Eight games, nine games, nine games. It's a real heavy back of the week. Um, so it's a last-ditch effort. Sunday is kind of the make-or-break day. But at least we have a really nice, heavy slate this week. Um, San Jose and Anaheim is always a fun game to watch. Those California matchups are always exciting. Really get your blood pumping. The hits are going to be out of the wall. Might even be good for points. Um, Tomas Hurdle has seen a crazy spike in ownership. He is uh, now up to 50%. So he jumped 10% in the last week, uh, 44% in Yahoo!, He's got four points in his last five games, one goal, three assists. You know, now that he's technically on the top line with uh, with Thornton out, Hurdle's role is only going to get better. You could also look at the rest of the top six, Timo Meyer, Mikel Bodker, Kevin LeBanc, all good guys to own right now. For hits, I'm looking at the Pittsburgh-St. Louis game here. Real obviously, Ryan Reeves. He's going up against his old team. He's going to be trying to make a point. He's going to be all over the place. He's... 3% owned. He's only playing like seven minutes a night, but is still, you know, one of the top five in hits and penalty minutes this year. So he could throw in some penalties too. And for penalties, I'm going the same usual suspects. So Antoine Roussel, Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, uh, Kevin Bieksa could be pretty enticing with that California game. You know, they're, it's it's always a shit show when, when any two California teams meet up. For blocks, I'm going to go against Philly. I'm going to take Braden McNabb. He's going to get you some blocks. That's what he does. 
So now that we've talked the streamers, it's time to start looking at the back-to-backs. And if you need goalie starts, this is what you, you want to focus on because these are the guys you're going to be able to pick up. Yeah, so Monday into Tuesday. Anaheim is the only team with a back-to-back tonight into tomorrow. So they got Toronto and then Buffalo. So Ryan Miller is confirmed tonight. If John Gibson can't get back by tomorrow, Reed Obera is going to be the guy in net if they don't play Ryan Miller back-to-back. So, you know, stock up on guys like Kyle Boso because Reed Obera is Swiss cheese. Pretty sure his goals allowed average is all of them. Tuesday going into Wednesday. So the back-to-backs Tuesday into Wednesday. Boston's the only team here for a back-to-back. Uh, they have Detroit Tuesday and New York Rangers on Wednesday. Tukarask is already confirmed for tomorrow, so unless they play him two games in a row, Kudobin should see the crease against the Rangers on Wednesday. Wednesday into Thursday, only one team again has a back-to-back. That's Nashville. Um, UC Soros has been like super impressive lately. Uh, they see Toronto Wednesday and Ottawa Thursday. If I'm the coach, I'm putting Soros against Ottawa, and Rene is probably going to see Toronto. Obviously that because Toronto is much more intimidating this year than Ottawa. So for Thursday into Friday, five teams play back-to-back, and two are kind of toss-ups. The five teams are Calgary, Dallas, the Islanders, St. Louis, and Vancouver. They all play back-to-back. Well, you know, maybe you could say that three are toss-ups since Hutton has been playing so well and more often than Allen lately, but anyway, here we go. Calgary plays the New York Rangers and the Devils. So Smith is probably going to get the game against the Devils. Um, The Rangers have been struggling lately, so I'm thinking... Riddich is probably going to play the Rangers on Friday with Smith on Thursday. Uh, Dallas, they play Chicago Thursday and Pittsburgh Friday. Bishop is obviously the more reliable one. He's probably going to play Pittsburgh, and then Lettinen will probably get Chicago. That's just my guess. Uh, the Islanders, this is kind of one of the toss-ups because Grice and Halak have both been equally shitty. So whether they play one or the other against Buffalo or Detroit – uh, it's kind of up in the air. Neither matchup is really intimidating, so you're just going to have to keep tabs. You know, we're always on the Instagram story confirming goalies. So if you haven't either one of those goalies, I feel sorry for you, number one. And two, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. Uh, St. Louis, another toss-up. Lately, Hutton has been the go-to guy, even though Mike Yo has said that Allen is their boy. It doesn't really seem like it. Um, they see Colorado on Thursday and Winnipeg Friday. So whoever they choose to be the actual number one is going to see Winnipeg and then the backup is going to get Colorado. I think it's going to be Hutton against Colorado. Allen's going to get a chance to, you know, knock at the door of being the starter against the Winnipeg offense. So it's kind of shit or get off the pot time at that rate. Vancouver is the last toss up here. Uh, Markstrom and Nielsen have been like evenly matched as far as their stats go, but Markstrom is the number one starter as far as like games played. Uh, He played 39 games this year. Nelson has 16. They both have like a like Markstrom has a 907 save percentage. Nelson's got a 906. With like with these numbers, Markstrom's their guy, and he should see Tampa on Thursday with Nelson to fend off Carolina on Friday. So that's my prediction there. Friday going into Saturday now, Carolina, Columbus, Edmonton, and LA are the backbacks here. So Eddie Lack has solidified himself as the number one in Carolina. Uh, but against Vancouver and Colorado, it could leave him available for Saturday's game against Colorado. So us as fantasy owners of, you know, whether you own Scott Darling or are thinking about picking him up, it's always a gamble. It's really disappointing, too, because everybody was so high on Darling. Um, so I'm thinking he's going to play against Vancouver, and then you're going to have Eddie Lack against Colorado. 
in Columbus. Anytime we bring up Columbus for back-to-backs, there's always a warning that Bobrovsky could very well get both games. But if Corpusalo does need to play one, it's probably going to be against the Devils on Saturday, and then uh, Bobrovsky can have the Capitals on Friday. Edmonton plays Anaheim on Friday and San Jose on Saturday. So I'm thinking they're going to have Talbot in for Anaheim Friday and Montoya for San Jose on Saturday. Just They're probably going to need their starter for Anaheim. Uh, the Kings, I bet anything that Kemper plays Florida. This is like plain and clear that you got the tough team and then you got the weak team. You get you got Florida and then you got Tampa. Enough said there. So Darcy Kemper is probably going to play Friday against Florida um, so that Jonathan Quick can be rested enough for Saturday's game against Tampa. So this is where it gets a little bit interesting. There are six teams riding a back-to-back into Sunday. So Saturday into Sunday, the six teams are Boston, Buffalo, Colorado, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and San Jose. Boston sees Buffalo and New Jersey having two back-to-backs this week. Uh, Kadobin could potentially see two games this week, so that could be a good week-long ad for you. I'm thinking Kadobin's probably going to get Buffalo on Saturday, and then you'll have Rask on Sunday for uh, for the Devils. Uh, Buffalo is also riding a back-to-back here. Leonard's probably going to get the start against Boston, and then you'll probably have Chad Johnson play against Colorado on Sunday. Um, so moving right into Colorado, this one's kind of a bit tricky, but I still think Varlamov has the number one spot. Um, you know, that's been thrown up in the air because of how well Bernier was doing for that 10 games or whatever it was. And then he shot the bed for three games straight. But then they, they have Carolina and Buffalo Saturday and Sunday. And I would, I'm personally playing Varlamov against Carolina and Bernie against Buffalo on Sunday. So that's that's what I'm thinking here. And then we got the Devils. So Schneider's still dealing with his groin issue here. So Kincaid... And Appleby um, are the guys to look at here. But just recently, Eddie Lack did get called up from the AHL, and Appleby got sent down. So at this point, it looks like Lack will serve as the backup. But keep in mind that Appleby is a, a person. He exists. So they have two tough matchups this weekend against Boston and Columbus. Uh, they're playing Columbus on Saturday, Boston Sunday. So I'm playing – personally, I'm playing Kincaid against Boston, or I'm playing Kincaid for both games. I wouldn't be worried about wearing Kincaid out. Uh, he's been a backup most of the year, and he's not going to like. He's not getting fatigued, you know, by playing one back to back. But if Lack or Appleby play, it's probably going to be against uh, Columbus on Saturday. Uh, Philadelphia, they have a back to back going this weekend. Brian Elliott is back; he was activated off the IR today. There's an obvious easy game, tough game here. They got um, Arizona on. They are playing Arizona and Vegas, so 100%. I'm putting Neuwirth against Arizona. And then I'm saving Elliott for Vegas if if that's what they want to do. Because there was, like, two weeks ago, they were like, oh, Neuvert is so good, so good. But then he shit the bed. And then they do the same thing with Elliott. Oh, he's so good. He's, and then he shits the bed. And then all of a sudden, Elliott's a backup. So the last team that plays a back-to-back Saturday into Sunday is San Jose. Martin Jones has rebounded well recently. Um, Dell is still a viable goaltender. They're playing Edmonton on Saturday and Anaheim on Sunday. I'm playing Dell against Edmonton, and I'm saving Jones for Sunday. So... To all of you guys that are looking for goalie starts or anything, best of luck. That's how that's going to go. Um, so I want to get now into I want to get into the playoffs. So there's two, maybe three, very different ways to go about your playoffs when you're setting up a league. Uh, my preferred way is to leave out the last week completely of the regular season. That is, um, you know, this avoids your star players being sat because their team clinched a playoff spot or is 100% out you know, for their respective teams, or they keep them fresh and out of harm's way so they don't get injured or any of that. 
Um, so in this regard, the playoff picture I'm about to paint for you is broken up into two parts. Those of us that do play the last week of the regulation, I'm calling that the last four-week format. Um, and then for those of us that do skip that last week, I'm going to be calling that the first four weeks. So it's all over a five-week span with the first week left out for the last four group and then the last week left out for the first four group. Already I'm having a bad time uh, describing this. So I am going to be putting a picture up on Twitter. I'll be posting a picture here on Instagram for anybody that wants to be able to see it. Uh, they can't understand the way that I'm telling it because it's really hard to describe a picture over the radio. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to give a swing anyway. Um, the last four-week format where you are playing the uh, the last week of regulation. So the big teams to note here are Ottawa, Boston, and Florida. These teams play 15 games over that span. Uh, there's a thick pulp of teams playing 13 games and 14 games. But there's only three teams playing 12 games. So those are kind of the teams you want to, I don't want to say to avoid because they're still playing games, but if if um, you're trying to offload and try and get as many man games as possible, um, if that's something that's really important to you, you can start shopping off some of your big names off the Flames, the Hawks, the Pens. Um, try and get like David Pasternak or Brad Marchand for Goudreau or, you know, any of that. If, if it's really important to you get as many games as possible, that's something you can do. Personally, I wouldn't do Marchand for Goudreau. I like Marchand a little better. But uh, as I said, Ottawa, Boston, and Florida play 15 games. So I'm going to list off the um, the teams that are playing 13 games and 14 games. Our teams that are playing 13 are Anaheim, Buffalo, Columbus, Dallas, Minnesota, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Tampa, Toronto, and Vancouver. So those are the teams that play 13 games. Now we're going to list the teams that play 14 games in this last four-week format. Arizona, Carolina, Colorado, Detroit, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Montreal, Nashville, San Jose, St. Louis, Vegas, Washington, and Winnipeg all play 14 games in these last four weeks of the regular season. So keep all this in mind when you're going to make trades. Like I said, you may be getting a better player in your mind for the regular fantasy season, but it could hurt you come playoff time. So if you're making a push for these guys that are playing 12 games, that's going to hurt you eventually. That's three less games. And now we're going to get into the format that I prefer, which is the first four weeks of the five-week span that we're talking about. And then you leave the last week out. There's only two teams that play 15 games during these first four weeks. That's Arizona and Boston. So Boston's um, up there 15 games for both formats. So Boston's a good team to target here. Uh, the teams that are playing 14 games in this first four-week format is Colorado, Dallas, Detroit, Edmonton, Florida, Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, Vegas, and Washington. The teams that are playing 13 games in this format are Anaheim, Buffalo, Carolina, Columbus, Calgary, Chicago, Los Angeles, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia, San Jose, Tampa Bay, and Winnipeg. And in this format, there's only two teams that play 12 games. That's Minnesota and Toronto. So this is definitely something to keep in mind while you're making these last-minute trades. Maybe some people you've been keeping an eye on the waiver wire you know, all year. Could This could help them look better or worse now that you know how many times they're playing during your fantasy playoffs. So for next week, I'm going to go into each um, playoff matchup and see which teams have real easy playoff roads, fantasy playoff roads, that is, and which teams have tougher ones. So... Kind of break down which teams uh, and players you should start targeting to get the best out of our fantasy hockey playoffs. So 
that's what I got for this week, guys. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hope it was informative for you. It's never too early to start thinking about the playoffs. So I just wanted to get this out there, how many man games you would have. And if if you want a better way to analyze the playoffs, I'm going to be putting that picture up on Twitter tonight. That is at FHF Hockey. I'm also going to add the picture here on our Instagram uh, at the same tag. So be sure to give us a follow there. We'd love it if you guys could also take a minute to rate us, uh, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us feel warm and fuzzy. So as always, we want to thank our buddies over at Hoser Hockey Company and DL Hockey Company for all they're doing. They're great guys. Um, the guys at Hoser Hockey Company have some pretty sweet threads over on their website. If you guys want to check that out, that's hoserhockeyco.com. Um, if you want to win one of these sweet hats that I'm wearing right now, it's like black trucker hat. It says Hoser on the front, and it's all orange. I've been wearing it since Stevie sent it to me. So uh, you get over to our Twitter um, hit me up with the hashtag Hoser Hattie Challenge, and you're going to take a whack at who you think is going to score a hat trick in the next week. So, uh, say you put your vote in today, it'll end Sunday, and then it happens for the next week. So, get your votes in now, and you will win one of these hats. Somebody scores a hat trick, you throw your hat on the ice, bam, you need a hat. We got you. So, that's courtesy of Hoser Hockey Company, guys. So, that's what I got for this week. Be sure to um, catch us next week on Instagram Live or, uh, you know, on iTunes. So, Thanks for listening, guys. We love you.